Welcome to the Limitless Energy Podcast. My guests today are Graham Bell, a writer and international overlander, and John Turner, founder and chief engineer at Nimble. So let's talk about overlanding. I'll let uh, Graham start off here, since this is something that you do for most of your time. What? How, how do we... We are used to RVing here, so obviously we've done a lot of uh, electrical work when it comes to a recreational vehicle, getting out on the road, um, even boondocking. How is overlanding different? Uh, you get different types of overlanding. I think that's important for many people to realize. Um, some people are uh, part-time overlanders. Uh, some people are aspirational overlanders, and others like me are extremists, uh, and we're full-time overlanders, and that's what I've been doing for the last... 11 years full-time. So, so let's let's define overlanding. You know, it, with the growth of the popularity of the of the activity, let's call it that, um, the, the parameters have changed. I mean, back in the day when I started overlanding, uh, it was usually guys in 4x4s and roof tents mm -hmm. that were doing that. That was what it was. Um, but I discovered in South America when we shipped our lander over there from, from South Africa that there were people that were driving all the way down from... Alaska, well, the USA from the lower 48 to Argentina and a schoolie. Right. And, and you ask, well, is that overlanding? Well, sure, by definition, it is, right? Um, it is, indeed. Obviously, that it's, again, it, when you try and define overlanding, you, you then look at, well, is it, it's, it's vehicle-based, but a lot of people would define it as being four-wheel drive, as in, uh, four by four, as in going off the beaten track, right, and um, and and exploring and and testing your own capability and your own vehicle's capabilities. Where I think, when it comes to international overlanding, it doesn't matter what you're driving; it's the fact that you're just doing it. Yeah, this is kind of why I don't like trying to define it. Okay, so maybe we won't try to define. <laughs> it. I can define what I do. Okay, <laughs> all right, let's, let's start there. Okay, so I'm an an international overlander. Um, my family and I. Together with our children, we took them out of school, got in our Land Rover, and we left home. And how old was Jessica when you started? Jessica was four. No, 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 she was a little bit older. Five six, or five or six, yeah. yeah. And uh, we circumnavigated South America. We drove from Cape Town to Dar es Salaam. We drove through the Amazon. We went from Argentina to Alaska. Um, that's how we travel. That, to me, is what my brand of overlanding is as okay. an international overlander. Okay, so John, yes, you. Are, well, first of all, let's talk about nimble, mm -hmm. nimble vehicles. What what is special about what you, what you're doing? So, uh, as Graham said, there's lots of different types of overlanders, and so we cater to um, the overlander who uh, really wants to go off the beaten track. So we build on pickup truck chassis. So we're not building on a a huge vehicle chassis. Uh, we try to fit uh, as many creature comforts into our vehicles as possible. So we do very, we do uh, hand, we do hand laid, hand constructed builds uh, to a very high specification. Uh, and, uh, and they aren't for everyone, but what's great about, uh, about overlanding is that, and no matter what price point, no matter what budget, no matter what your aspirations are, you can find something that's gonna fit for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and and we, we honestly, we fit towards the higher end of the successful couples, uh, who have had a successful life and want to get out and see the world, but still have a taste for some of some of the good life, and this allows them to preserve that on the road, going to these really wild 
interesting out of the way places. So th- this is not glamping. This is <laughs> right. I mean, this right. is you're building a vehicle that needs. Uh, it's it's not as much luxury as much as it is the ability to to get right. to places you normally couldn't otherwise. Get. Right. Well, luxury to us means having a bed, you know, and having <laughs> having uh, an induction cooktop and having a refrigerator and having. Uh, you know, having 75 gallons of water, which means you can take a hot shower when you want to, and having a toilet, and having these days a DC air conditioner, uh, because that technology has changed, both storage and also DC air conditioner. So there's a lot of comforts that you can take along the road that just contribute to your enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I can add to that as well, because we've been using, my wife and I, and actually my kids as well, have been using a number for the last year, and what's beautiful about the Nimble vehicle is that it gives you the capability to go out and stay out. Um, and we see a lot of vehicles which have similar comfort, but they're very tall, they're very wide. And the beauty of the Nimble is they have the roof that comes down. So we were doing trails in near Tulum in Mexico, which other vehicles couldn't go to. But uh, we could squeeze through there. We could got a bit of pinstriping. He, he's forgiven me. Uh, <laughs> But we then get to the beach, up goes the roof. I've got, uh, what, 75 gallons of water. I can stay there for three, four days, five days if I want. Uh, tons of storage, et cetera. So, yeah, I think that's definitely, it's the luxury to go out there and stay out there. So, by the way, I love that. So, Graham, you've been doing this for, you said, 11, 12 years mm. now. Uh, full time, yeah. Full time. Yeah. But you, you've been in a nimble for about a year now. That's right. Uh, so, how, how did you... Meet John. I mean, why did you select this vehicle? Was it was it because it was uh, you could get around easily in it? Yeah, I tell you. Well, it's a long story. All my stories are long, so you're just gonna okay. bear with We've me. We've got a few minutes. I mean, <laughs> All right. Uh, so we got we my family and I we just finished doing West Africa in our Land Rover, um, and we fixed her. She broke a few times, and we managed to fix her up, and then uh, we got stuck in South Africa with COVID. And we were itching after six months. We were like, we need to get out of here. So we very responsibly traveled around Southern and East Africa uh, during the pandemic. And we came back to South Africa. And the whole idea was we were going to try to get from Cape Town to Vladivostok in Russia. We actually actually left during the the, the pandemic and we couldn't get through. We had to return. Um, Which, by the way, is incredible. From Cape Town to Vladivostok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would have been awesome. And it wasn't it wasn't uh, COVID that stopped us. It was the situation in Ethiopia, um, uh, the the civil war there, the Tigray okay. region. That's what actually put a put the brakes on us. And we spoke to a friend, and we were like, "Well, we we're kind of cooling our heels here. Uh, we don't really know what to do with ourselves." And he says, "Well, you love America, go to America." So we thought, "Okay, fine." So um, booked a flight, managed to get in here, and borrowed an old Range Rover Classic. And bundled the whole family into that and drove up and down and all around the U.S. And then I was, speak, I was speaking to John. I'm like, look, we, we got a few months left here. You know, and he's like, well, you can use my, my Nimble. I'm not using it at the moment. And we went from that Range Rover into the Nimble Proto, which is the prototype uh, vehicle. And what a game changer. All right. The whole family family's smiling all of a sudden. There's <laughs> space. There's indoor plumbing everything that you need and everyone was quite enamored with the vehicle very very quickly and uh, we it, it just opens up so many opportunities for travel and uh, we kind of fell in love with it and i don't know how we got to talking about it. i remember actually i think we were driving along and i was like hey john i could drive this thing to russia and he goes okay well why don't you 
And I'm like, oh, you're kidding. And he wasn't kidding. He was serious. Uh, and next thing I know, we, were, you know, we, um, you know, we chatted about it and we sorted some things out, got the logistics all lined up, and we were heading down to Latin America. So where have you taken this nimble to so far? So far, we drove uh, down from California over to Nevada, down to Baja, California, up and down and around Baja, across to mainland Mexico. Um, quite an extensive tour of mainland Mexico, and then we crossed into Guatemala. Um, we're a few months in Guatemala, then into Belize. And unfortunately, we wanted to go all the way down to Panama, but we had to turn around because we needed to get visas for the U.S. And as South Africans, it's difficult for us. Um, and we ended up having to uh, return to Mexico so that we could get visas so that we could return to, to the U.S. Uh, and that's basically it. But that's over the last year. That's what we did with that. Is that your typical customer, John? Um, our customers do travel internationally, but the the difference between the U.S. and the rest of the world is the vastness of the U.S. Because it's really, you know, you think of it as 50 states, 50 different countries in completely different locales that you can go to. And so it's it's possible to be uh, a, 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 a pretty much an international overlander and never leave the U.S.A. because you can drive 3,000 miles in one direction and still be inside the U.S.A. Uh, so so there so. You know, the the uh, we just have such a wealth of beauty and different locales to take advantage of in the U.S. that people do that. But we have we have we have units in Australia. We have them in in South America. We've had them in Africa. We've had them in Europe. So they 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 do get around. Uh, COVID has kind of cramped a lot of people's style on that the past couple of years. Uh, but we will have people kind of launching out on those trips again. That's funny because domestically it. COVID kind of helped that yeah. that whole activity, right? I mean, everyone yeah. decided this is the thing to do is to yeah. get out of the cities and do this. Yeah. Well, it's you know, the, if you got a camper, that's like you know, a hotel. It's a, ho a hotel with social distancing, right? Because you've got a camper, you've got your bed, you've got your shower, you've got your kitchen. You're you're this little encapsulated, you know, COVID sphere to, to you know, protection. Obviously, I'm interested in the electrical system, mm -hmm. um, and right now the Nimble has. Uh, what is it, two, three GC3s? Three GC3s. Three GC3s. Three GC3s. Yeah. Is yeah. this what your model has, or was that before the GC3? No, he has four of the GC2s. Uh, so the, the ones that we build now are are the, the GC3s mm -hmm. and, uh, and and all Victron systems, uh, and then we use a, uh, we were using Dometic as a very nice DC air conditioner mm -hmm. we're putting on the roof. Uh, and and that works really really well, especially when you're in parts of the U.S. that have high humidity. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. air conditioning, not such a big deal if you're in Nevada, but mm -hmm. if you're in Florida, you know, as you learned in your Range Rover, yeah, uh, right. I would have killed for some AC. <laughs> yeah. if, well, if yeah. you're in Belize, I mean, how yeah. how did that oh, go? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and actually, fans are almost as good as AC. As long as that air is moving, you can breathe. If the air stops moving, you can die. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like you're going to die. Right. Yeah. Um, what has the, the system allowed you to do that maybe you weren't able to do previously? It's it's liberating, yeah. is what I would say. Is that, for instance, we went down, Louisa and myself, we, we dropped the kids off in Oaxaca, in Mexico. They're now older, tired of traveling. They spent their entire lives traveling the world. Poor kids. I feel <laughs> sorry for them. Troopers. Yeah, shame. <clears throat> and uh, we went off in, uh, and had Christmas and New Year's on the beach in Baja, in the middle of nowhere. We could see another overland vehicle over there in the distance. 
Um, we stocked up with charcoal, wood, meat, everything we needed. And we could get onto the beach as far as we wanted to go. It had, the vehicle's got all the lockers. It's got all the capability to, to get down that on the deep sand to where I want to go. And then it gives me the opportunity to, to stay there. And obviously, our needs have changed as we've traveled. We were really analog in the beginning. We had a dual battery system and a fridge. And I think that was the the, the, the extent of our electrical requirements. And now you have Starlink. Now we have Starlink. <laughs> now I've got deadlines. Now it's, it's, a, it's a different uh, yeah. ball game. But I can sit out there, middle of nowhere, go fishing in the morning, come back, hook up the Starlink, get the solar coming in, cook myself some breakfast, do my work. Um, so it's, it's really liberating to have the systems that allow you to, to engage in the activities that keep the dream alive. So has that fundamentally changed overlanding recently with the onset of, of lithium and bigger bigger electrical systems? So I, I can answer that. I think it has because because I've dealt with both. I've had campers with you know 840 amp hour AGM banks, and now I have a 800 amp hour lithium bank um, uh, because whatever can be done can be overdone. Is one of my mottos, right? <laughs> uh, but. Uh, with lith with lithiums, you don't have that anxiety with AGMs because AGMs, you know, you know, it's a, you 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 draw that that two thousand dollar bank down below fifty percent, and you're like, have I hurt my batteries? Right? But with lithiums, you just don't have to worry about it. So it gets rid of all of that anxiety. It's the it's the, the kind of one less thing to worry about right? because even if you do discharge them all the way, you just charge them back up again, and that's that's a very liberating thing about the lithium product compared to the lead acid, in my opinion. Sure. Well, I mean, you're not going to get an argument from me <laughs> right? there. Um, I would have been surprised. I, if you... Well, you know, it's for us, we've been doing this a little while, and it's nice to hear um, different applications. Yeah. And uh, we've we've obviously been in contact with, with a lot of overlanders mm -hmm. over the years. Um, and so it's interesting to me to hear how it how it used to be, how it's evolved. Right. And um, Graham, you you're a writer. You write about it. And uh, in your writing, have you written about this evolution? Have you like have you had a lot of interest in, as to how your equipment has pro progressed over the years? Yeah. To to be quite honest, I'm not really into tech. I'm I'm, I'm not okay. interested in tech itself. I'm more interested in what it can do for me. Um, my son's very different. He's a hyper nerd. He loves for tech. I can um, relate to him. <laughs> he lives for You're surrounded uh, by engineers here. So. Right, yeah. right. Um, but I have seen the evolution. I've seen how it's changed. I've seen how overlanding has changed and how technology has changed with it. And some of it can be over the top, but it all depends on the application. It's what do you need? It's not about looking at what John's got and saying, I got to have what John has because your needs might not be the same as John's. I now need Starlink. I need power to run that. I need power to run my computers. I have to have my cameras charged. I have to have everything running for me. It's different to how I, I so I've evolved. My needs has evolved, have evolved. And luckily the technolo technology has come along with so me. So you, you think your needs preempted the evolution of the technology? Because what we found is people are like, wait, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Now I need an air conditioner. Now I need a microwave or, you know. Right. Yeah, to a degree, because because I live and work on the road. Um, I, I see that the tools that are now available, they're just so liberating and important mm -hmm. to me. And I don't know if I could do it with, 
without sure. them. Yeah. Well, it's making your work easier, I guess. Right. And, and installing is a huge part of that as well. And you're going to see how the the entire industry is going to change just with the introduction of Starlink. Mm-hmm. We saw it already in, in Baja, for instance. Hundreds of vans, hundreds of trucks, hundreds of overland vehicles. And I would say easily 80, 80 to 85% of them would have a Starlink mm-hmm. sitting outside. Right. Which they have to power. Which they have to power. Yep. And the longer mm-hmm. they can power that Starlink, the longer they can work remotely, the longer they can stay on that beach and pay zero rent, <laughs> the happier they're going to be. The, the, the more it's going to change the, the dynamic. Um, so I think if you take the combination of your technology with that technology, uh, it's and you're going to see the housing crisis, you know, pandemic. It, it's all coming together. And it, when, when people would look at this boon in overland travel and, and, and car camping or whatever you want to call it, it's not something that's going to go away, go away anytime soon. If anything... Is just going to become more and more and more popular. I agree with you. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about your next trip. You're going up to the Arctic. That's right. Why? <laughs> uh, my Land Rover, I love her. Her name's Mafuta, which is Swahili for oil. And if you know anything <laughs> about Land Rovers, you'll know why. Um, that's how you check a Land Rover in the morning. You look underneath her first uh, for the oil patch. <laughs> So Mafuta is a Land Rover Defender, which I converted into a camper for a family of four. It's, it's a robust utilitarian vehicle. It is not the Nimble. The Nimble is well insulated. It starts when it's cold. It's reliable. It's powerful. It has a lot of storage. It has a, a working heater. It has all the things that I need to go and do a trip to the Arctic Circle. And my Land Rover is coming back to us in June. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, I really want to go and travel in extreme cold, in extreme terrain over a long distance. It's just part of my learning experience as an overland traveler. You know, doing West Africa was the same thing. That at the end of that journey, I had a skill set that I didn't have before. Uh, That is my motivation for doing this journey now is because I can because I have the vehicle that is capable, that will forgive my, uh, my ignorance until I catch up, until I learn. Uh, and that's why I want to do it. And because it's a challenge and it's gonna be beautiful. So was it the availability of the vehicle that made you think, I wanna do this trip now? Yeah, now's the time. And you've never been? I have, I have, with the Land Rover. We went in September, October. Mm-hmm. It was cold, but it's not minus 30. Okay. Right. All right, and where are you going exactly? We're going to Taktoyaktak, which is on the Arctic Ocean. It's on the Canadian side. We're not going to go into Alaska. We're going to just carry on up. We're going to go to Dawson City and then carry on up through to Inuvik, Inuvik up to Taktoyaktak to the Arctic Ocean. Okay, so I assume you have heated batteries. You have <laughs> insulated batteries. So, what's, so, yeah, what's the preparation right. for so, this? So I have heated batteries in mind because they're slung underneath the vehicle, and, in mm-hmm. fact, I actually have heated the... the um, uh, holding tank pads underneath it as well to add a little bit of extra heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things about Nimble is the batteries are stored inside the envelope of the vehicle, okay. and they back mm-hmm. right onto the 75-gallon water tank, which is a huge heat sink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as long as the heater's running inside the vehicle and you keep it in, an, in a situation like that, you're going to keep it running the sure. whole time. So the batteries are heated. So the batteries yeah. are heated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, 
I would say that, you know, the for me, it's the adventure. And I like seeing nature um, at its fiercest. You know, so when you if you want to see the Arctic, go in the middle of winter. See it when it's really in its full, you know, magnificent glory. Same thing like, you know, I'll go to Death Valley. I've been to Death Valley when it was 122 degrees in the shade. Because if you want to experience the desert, that's what you need to do to ex really experience the desert. Don't go to it when it's tame. Go to it when it's at its wildest. Uh, I'm going to trust you on that one. <laughs> so uh, on that note, um, I'd like to thank both of you guys for, mm -hmm. for uh, coming on the podcast today. All right. Thank you thank very you. much. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Limitless Energy Podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms.